This week on Small Town Scuttlebutt, we have a guest, Kaylin Kasky. We talk to her about her dancing career that includes a stint as a Las Vegas showgirl. The road to that level of success is a long one, and the pressure is high. You have to be the best. You have to maintain weight and deal with the body image issues. You have to stay focused. And then we also talk about some crazy dance moms. They don't need to maintain any level of success, but some of them have no problem putting the pressure on their daughters. Have you seen the TV show? We also share some positive small town news and give a big shout out to Village Cleaners for their expedient last second service in making some curtains for our stand-up comedy show the other night. Are you ready to do this? We're hanging. This episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt is brought to you by APC Pest and Termite Control. Got bugs? Go online right now and visit apcpest.com. And by Larkin's Liquors, featuring a wide assortment of beer, wine, and liquor at affordable prices. Small Town Scuttlebots. <laughs> Not a great way to start the show with a monster oh, yawn. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey listeners, night. you're in for a doozy today. <laughs> My eyes are watering. Good morning, everybody. It's morning. It's the day after the Comedians of Comedy performance. We had a good time last night. I hope you guys are all doing well. This is the podcast that reacts to the overreactions of small town problems small town scuttlebutt we're in the northeast corner of my basement i'm across the table from my buddy and partner liz tell it like it is daily what's up scuttlebuds and also we have a guest with us today her name is caitlin kasky she's to my left how you doing caitlin i'm great how are you great Kay- show last night mm-hmm. thank you caitlin's here today because uh she is a you're a professional dancer Right, like now you're in the instructing and judging level, but like you went to school for it, and we'll get into your resume later. But you're here because we're gonna we're gonna talk about dancing and more in particular dance moms and judging and judging. I love that Kaylin's a professional judger because she can give us some legitimacy because we do a lot of judging on this yeah, show, Kaylin. That's, that's a great angle. That's right. Yes. It's like you get paid to do this, right? We should get paid. Well, we kind of do get paid to do this. Yeah, we, we our sponsors. Sponsor. Yeah, that's right. They pay us to judge. <laughs> All right, so how are you guys doing? Great. Can we talk about last night and the comedians? Because both Kaylin and I were at the early show. Yeah. So I wanted to know, like, was the vibe, and it, and, and it totally killed, everyone killed. There was, like, laughter throughout the night. So I'm curious, was there any type of different energy or vibe or anything at the late show? I thought both audiences were absolutely engaging. Like Completely. Like, mm-hmm. you guys yeah. want to be here. Mm-hmm. You guys are excited. Like, you're walking in with enthusiasm. You, it's... Doing a show like that is pretty easy. Like it, it really just there's you're excited. Like this is gonna be fun. We're gonna yeah. hang out. Like it feels like we're gonna hang out as opposed to I'm here to entertain you. I mean, there's that too, but right. But anybody who bought tickets last night, I think, wanted to be there. They knew what they were getting into. It wasn't like this random. Oh, we don't have anything to do tonight. Like let's check out this comedy show that we don't know anything about. I think everyone there was like invested in the evening. In my short three years, you know, mm-hmm. stint as a comic, I would say that that is the glaring difference between a show in Boston versus yep. a show in the suburbs. Because you go to a show in Boston and people are like, this is what I chose to do. I had 50 other options. Right. I'm kicking the tires on a comedy show. 
And you know what? My expectations are, you know, up here. And if they're not great, I just walk out and go, eh, you know, it's 20 bucks and mm-hmm. an hour and a half of my time. We'll go off and do something else. It's kind of like, yeah, we need to occupy our time. We need to do something. Let's do something different, right? But out here, I am looking for anything to do. <laughs> I am starved for entertainment. <laughs> Is there any? I cannot go to another jazz ensemble. <laughs> I would love to go to something that doesn't involve my kids right. being under the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I'm getting sick of cheering on my kids' mediocre soccer game, you know, or whatever. I'm, maybe I'm just speaking for No, myself. totally. I, I agree. So what was the difference with the later crowd? Later crowd, I suspected they were uh, hanging out at the bar a little <laughs> yeah, bit longer. I was say, the number of cocktails consumed before sure, the performance. Sure, sure. Yeah, I called them out on that pretty quick, and they all acknowledged with head nods and laughter. No one was drunk or out of line, but, you know, they were getting, uh, they were getting, it was 8.30, it was 8.30 on on their night out, and they... They went to dinner. I feel like the 7 o'clock crowd that went out to dinner, they, they were probably making reservations as early as 5.30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's early. That's an early dinner. That's like blue hairs and stuff like at the friendlies with the kids. You know, like, totally. Early bird uh, special. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to the 8.30, you're getting a 7 o'clock reservation. Now that's more like it. You right. get an hour and a half to kind of chill and stretch it out. Mm-hmm. Let's get another drink, you know. But yeah, that audience had... No inhibitions. They were like, the more you can give us, the more we're going to respond to it. They loved Mark Riley. They oh, loved I bet. It. They loved everyone. But Mark mm-hmm. Mark ran the light by like 10 minutes. He was yeah. going on after 10. He waved me off. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, we're having fun here, Rick. Just just put your phone down. I saw the light. You know, giving me shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he read the room. And nobody, I was looking at the audience because I, I was thinking like, look at the reaction you're getting. Mm-hmm. And nobody's looking at their watch. Right. Nobody's leaning back. Nobody's getting tired. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a 75-minute show is perfect. Yeah. Perfect length. Yep. I kind of want to, I don't want to dwell on it. I want to act like I've been there before, you know, even though I've never hosted a show. Yeah. I, I well, I mean, this is that. like the first time anything like this has happened, in Med, to my knowledge, in Medfield, you know. You produce a really cool night of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. We're making Medfield history. Yeah. <laughs> I was with some first-timers last night who went into it hesitant, and mm-hmm. they left and we're just raving about it. Good. Just oh, genuinely, awesome. like, belly laughing. Even yep. this morning I was getting texts. Like, it was so funny. So That's great. Yeah, That's awesome. it was awesome. So you were getting texts. That's nice. Mm-hmm. You know? Did uh, you get any texts? I mean, I texted you, but... <laughs> you did. Uh, you know who didn't text me? My own Your wife. Your wife? Well, I mean... You lived together. I mean, you slept, <laughs> you slept in the same bed, we right? We did, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's... But she was asleep and didn't want to be woken up. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. No? Okay. But I think it's cool, like, to your point, Kaylin, like, because I love comedy. I love stand-up comedy. I listen to it all the time. If you can kind of expose people to this art form and they're like, oh, my God, that was so fun. And maybe they'll go to, like, the comedy club at Patriot's Place or they'll go to the Rhode Island Comedy Connection, you know, on their next like, date night or something. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's really cool to share something with people that they've never been exposed to before. Yeah. Comedy is, is there's a high demand for it right now. And I think maybe it's post-COVID. I don't know. Yeah. But people just kind of love, and also the world is fucked up. Like, it, everything is just so messed up. And, yeah, the um, past few years have been a shit show for sure. Yeah. So yeah. if we can, like, laugh at things, and and I don't mean to say, like, take things lightheartedly, because I, I do think anybody who can make you laugh at something that's uncomfortable... They're doing their job. Like I will, I'll laugh at just pretty much just about anything. Yeah. I tell jokes about my miscarriage. So you know, Ooh, like yeah. it's if you can make an uncomfortable subject funny, mm-hmm. I have more power to you. Yeah, sure. So, and I think the world needs a lot more of that versus taking everything so seriously and getting offended by everything. You know. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, um, how are you uh, 
Liz, are you, is anything going on in your world? Are we changing subjects? Can we get off? Sure. The, the yeah. Condom? So I went on our website yesterday because mm-hmm. occasionally I just like to pop on, make sure everything's working properly. Yeah. Do we have a newsletter? It literally, there's a link on our website yes. that says sign up for our newsletter. Yeah, we do. We, we do? do? Yeah. So when I was- Who writes a, the newsletter? I do. And, and I haven't <laughs> bothered you with it because you have like a real job <laughs> with a promotion and, a, and one of these job titles. Because you're so, you're so much better than me, Liz. So corporate. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to just keep up with you. I'm like, I'm going to get a newsletter. I'm honored. I'm honored. Well, can I get on the distribution list so I know what we're talking about? <laughs> well, it hasn't gone out yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's teed up. That, step one was uh, get the infrastructure set up on the website. Mm-hmm. I have- I have the first newsletter written. I have the, when you sign up for it, you get that quick, like, prompt, like, thanks for signing okay. up thing. Also, uh, this is all because when I went out to Las Vegas for the um, podcast convention yep. to learn how to be a better podcaster, all they kept telling you is, you need to be an influencer, you need to be a content cor- uh, cor- um Creator. creator, you need to uh, have a newsletter and be more engaged with your audience to, for retention and just... All I heard was more work, but mm-hmm. I do like to write. Yes, you do. And I and I can be uh, succinct and just like a newsletter. I, I said, okay, I'm going to do the newsletter because like I came out here to learn and be told what to do. I'm not going to now bicker and argue with you, you, like, okay, this is what I have to do. So mm-hmm. I went with the open mind. I'm like, I'm doing the newsletter. However, I'm going to do it on my terms and I'm thinking as a as the end user or the mm-hmm. receiver of these things, like you don't want who like a newsletter, like that's kind of junk mail, right? Right. Like, or does it have to be like, let's, let's work on frequency, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, you should be hitting people up every week. I'm like, no, I shouldn't. No, I'm not going to do that. Cause I will be unsubscribed pretty quickly. Right. But once a month might be okay. Mm-hmm. And also how long should it be? We don't need to get laboriously detailed with, you know, hijinks and ballyhoo of what's going on like listen to the show for Mm -hmm. that so i said this will be the thing that will get people to go to the show so i'll have like a a a one paragraph little musing okay and then hey in case you missed it and then links to the last four shows we had we just you know just pique your interest hey maybe Mm -hmm. because people are busy they're not like checking out but might be a quick little reminder you know and then uh just a little outtake thing and that's it and liz as my partner on this podcast, if you ever want to contribute one of those musings or sure. something. Sure. I like by musings. All, yeah, by all <laughs> means. Just keep it short. Keep it like, you know, 300 words. Okay. People want a quick read. Like, yes. think back of the cereal box. Yeah, people like to skim. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be more like links and maybe a picture or something or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a funny meme. Um, just quick little read, but that's it. Okay. And that's and and also already I've gotten some uh, put me on your list. And I'm like, nice. Really? You want me? On? Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, I look forward to the first edition of the Small Town Scuttlebutt <laughs> newsletter. Yeah. So next week I got to work with the website people to link up that auto reply. When oh you right. Sign up. Yep. And then um, I just I just went. I'm so bad with technology. Like I'm the world's passed me by. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm confused by Mailchimp's free. <laughs> Free service up to a thousand, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, subscribers. I'm like, wait, how do you build? The-? Like, I it took me like two hours to build my first email off a template, you know, just to make things just right. I don't. We should get an intern. Yes, we should. I would love one, but hey, you know, someday that's what we 
Building I, blocks, right? Bu- building blocks. Yep, right now I'll do it. But. One day we'll have an unpaid intern. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so uh, let's talk, Liz, mm-hmm. about um, positive news stories from small towns across the country. Yes. Yeah, so we did, a, I don't know, several episodes ago, we talked about some positive news stories mm-hmm. in small towns around the country, and I thought it would be a good opportunity to revisit that topic because we're coming off the heels of a very successful evening in comedy. And Mm -hmm. so I thought it would be a nice opportunity to share the good works of people in small towns around the country. So first up, a family in Parkland, Florida opened a car wash to give their autistic son a job. And now they employ 83 people with autism. So, wow. Yes. In 2013, John Dieri co-founded a car wash business with his son, Thomas. John started the business named Rising Tide so his other son, Andrew, who has autism, can have a job. In 2017, John opened a second location in Margate, Florida. The two locations now have about 83 employees with autism, which makes up 90% of Rising Tide's workforce. Both of the locations were a huge success, so in 2022, John opened a third location in Coral Springs, Florida. He says... Empowering individuals with autism is a critical issue in today's world, and it's important for communities to understand all that individuals with autism have to offer. Within the first two years of operations, we wanted to be 100% staffed with diversity, meaning employees on the spectrum. That includes the team leaders. That's our goal with Coral Springs, which would be the first of its kind. So I thought that story was pretty incredible because these parents saw a need for specifically their son. You know, they wanted to make sure that they're their son could find success Mm -hmm. and that turned into finding success or allowing other people with autism to find their success. So I thought that was a pretty cool story and and just a recognition that people of all abilities, neurodiversity, et cetera, they should have an opportunity to contribute in a meaningful way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with that. My cousin Katie has Down syndrome, and she's mm-hmm. worked at a Lego store for over 10 years now. Oh, I love that. And awesome. she loves Legos. <laughs> Who doesn't? I know. Unless you step on one, and then it's like being shot. Yeah, but. yeah. Then it's like, you goddamn fucking kid. Get, <laughs> get over here. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Do you have any others? I do. I've got a couple more. So since the pandemic, these college friends have delivered more than 100 million pounds, 45,000 tons of surplus food to communities in need. So- in April 2020, so here's a positive COVID story, right? Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of those. Ben Collier and Aiden Riley were in their junior year at Brown University in Rhode Island, but the COVID-19 pandemic sent them home. The two friends could see that in their hometowns, food from local farms went to waste while millions of people were in need of food. Ben and Aiden rented a U-Haul and called local farmers to donate excess food, which the college students delivered to local food banks. That is when they launched the FarmLink project, which has raised more than $15 million since then. That's an- three years with the help of 600 student volunteers they've delivered over 100 million pounds of surplus food to food banks nationwide this food would otherwise have found its way into landfills raising greenhouse gas emissions and many people would have gone hungry this initiative has prevented 350 million pounds of co2 from entering the atmosphere and fed thousands of people in the process so literally multiple benefits here so these kids and i'm always the last time we did this story i was really impressed with the amount of like kids or young adults that recognized a need and took it upon themselves to solve that need. So mm-hmm. these kids during a pandemic saw a need to feed people who otherwise would not have access to food. And I would imagine during the pandemic, if you 
are food deprived, it was probably even harder to get food <laughs> because everything was shut down. So they established this initiative to feed people and to also contribute positively to the environment. Yeah. Um, stories like this disappoint me because I like- <laughs> Of always, always wanting to find the tarnished lining. <laughs> because I love shitting on this generation. Mm-hmm. And then, you you know, you throw a monkey wrench into the system. Yep. This reminds me of the time when those kids made a prosthetic limb for one yes. of their students. With, for one of their classmates. Yeah. Yep. Those kids. Those kids. <laughs> kids today. <laughs> Real go-getters. <laughs> yeah. No, they're an anomaly. Yeah. But everyone else in that generation, horrible. <laughs> So I have one more. Last okay, one. Sure. Community buys new car for their pizza delivery guy who has been delivering in town for more than 31 years. So Robert Peters, a resident of Tipton, Indiana, has been working as a delivery driver for Tipton Pizza Hut for 31 years. Recently, he was having trouble with his 28-year-old vehicle. Mm-hmm. 28? I mean... The, what was it? Do you, do you know what it was? It doesn't, I, I doesn't say. I tried to find out because I was like, that's a quality vehicle. I'm thinking it's an old Oldsmobile Cutlass. Maybe. When Tanner Langley, a regular customer of the restaurant, found out, he knew it was the community's turn to give back. He set up a GoFundMe page to buy a new car for Robert, and in just a few days, the fundraiser reached $18,000, exceeding the initial goal of $12,000. So on January 11th, Tanner surprised Robert with a Chevy Malibu, also covered registration, insurance, and taxes, and gifted Robert a $500 card for gas and a thank you tip from the community. I just hope that all those who made this happen will be blessed as much as they have blessed me, Robert commented. Mm, so that's nice. I mean, oh. it's not the safest car. Now he would have been better. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> also, it's kind of a selfish act. They didn't really do it. For, they just wanted their pizza on time. <laughs> There's like they're doing it for themselves. Really, it just looks good on the surface. You think so? They just did it for the publicity. No, but I had to say something funny because it's a comedy podcast. <laughs> Like, there's too much niceness going on. I know, I know. But yeah. positive vibes here today. Yeah, no, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Before we move on to other things, I'll say that just on the heels of last night, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to, I'm, I'm kind of detail-oriented when I put a show together, and I wanted, I saw the, the stage with just black curtains, and I wanted to flank them with scuttlebutt blue. Right, brand. Ed curtains, right, mm-hmm. and put those on. So it was 1130, and I said, I'm going to Joanne Fabrics. Oh, <laughs> my God. There's so many guys out there like, I'm at the office busting my ass mm-hmm. and you're lollygagging over to a <laughs> fucking Joe Hand Fabrics. Yes, I am. I go in, I buy three yards of this blue that is close to our Pantone blue. But anyway, um, I before I bought it, because it, it needed to be hemmed and stitched up, I called Village Cleaners mm. and I said, Peter, I've got a... I've got a, a seamstress emergency here if you're willing to hear me out. And he goes, shoot. And I said, I have two curtains, about eight feet in length, three feet wide. I need hemmed. He's like, when do you need them by? It's like five o'clock. He goes, sheesh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, man. Uh, bring them in right now. Bring them in as soon as you can. I said, I'm on my way. I go in, drop them off. He does it up. At four o'clock, he calls me back. We're all set, buddy. And I'm like, whoa, wow. like floored, right? I go in, and I walk past a bunch of prom dresses who I <laughs> cut a bunch of girls in line, like, excuse yeah. me, ladies. Excuse me, I need my curtains. <laughs> I need my, Mr. Fick needs his curtains. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh but my he God. accommodated us. Yes. He got yeah, it done. Great. They are. They're awesome. And then he uh, didn't charge us because he, no so he wanted to support the arts. Oh, my God. He thought what we were doing for the community was great. And I felt, I felt like I have to pay... Let me at least pay the expedition, fee, the right. expediting fee, right? Like, 
like not only like that's a double whammy of awesomeness, mm-hmm. and I thought that was very community, absolutely minded, yes. right? Like, there's a guy that needs something. He could have been like, "Dude, what, what, here, come on, let's, right? Let's I'm running a business over. here. Like, I can't. You know, I've got orders I have to fill and deadlines for other people and yeah. all that. But so not only did they fit me in, but they said we like what you're doing, no charge. So that's awesome. A big shout out to Peter and his wife. And uh, everybody over at Village Cleaners, you guys are true leaders of the community. Yes. I love it. Like, people came together. Like, hey, there's a thing going on. I want to get on that. I can help. Mm-hmm. Here you go. That's cool. Also, we were doing, um, we donated $100 to the food pantry. Oh, yeah. And I offered people to match it. And they get a, a, an official ceramic. Um, llama? Small, small drama town, llama? Small town, small town, by drama llama. <laughs> and uh, we are now up to $300 in <gasps> nice. donations for the food That's pantry. Awesome. So people awesome. are being cool. Mm-hmm. People are it's being a cool. reminder there's a lot more good than not that yes. we're surrounded yes. by. But yep. it's, it's tough to see sometimes. I know. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So let's hit a break and come back. We're going to talk about dance moms and Kaylin and her perspective on things. Did you know there are more than 20 species of carpenter ants? Well, you do now, and right about now, they are emerging with the warmer spring weather. Fortunately, APC Pest and Termite Control is ready to eliminate that problem for you. An ant colony may have up to 50,000 workers. I should know, I just read that on APC's website. Sign up and pay for one year of service now and receive a 10% discount. APC's fully insured and licensed technicians are ready to keep your home safe from those carpenter ants and all crawling insects, mice, yellow jackets, hornets, and wasps. Visit apcpest.com today. At Larkin's Wine and Spirits, you'll find an excellent selection of top quality wines, beers, and spirits, as well as an extensive collection of higher quality items, such as single barrel bourbons and single malt scotches. Larkin's is committed to personal service. Let their friendly and well-informed staff help. They are experts in craft brews and worldwide wines. Larkin's Wine and Spirits is a third generation family business, owned by the Larkin's family since 1935. Visit them online at LarkinsLiquors.com. I'm a dance dad. That's you what are I, a dance dad. I wanted to talk about, by the way, I asked for Father's Day. I want a dance dad t-shirt. They sell Aww. them. Leslie came home with a dance mom sweatshirt. She's like, me and all the moms got them. We couldn't resist. And I was like, you guys are kind of cool. Like, it's it's <laughs> like a flex to be like, yeah, yeah lean into it. You're a dance mm-hmm. mom. Wear it. And you're cool. You're not a real... You're not a fucking psycho, so it's okay to wear. Like, <laughs> if you were like coming in with your hair on fire wearing that thing, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is a bad scene." But, mm-hmm. but you're a cool, laid back mom who's just there to support, support her kid. Yeah. So uh, I want to, I want a dance dad shirt because I think that'd even be that'd be kind of funny, right? <laughs> Are you going to go to Rosie's competition this weekend? Yes. Nice. Yes, I am. I have not seen one yet because I can't go because I don't know how to do her hair and makeup. Oh right. Yeah. And uh, I remember one time I had to take her to a uh, recital. Leslie couldn't get there in time and I had to go. And there's this whole like changing room thing. And uh, one of the moms was like, yep, I got her. You know, just took her and off she went. Uh, But I am excited. About two weeks ago, she was, she was, I forget where she was, up in uh, Nashua maybe? Yeah, she was in Nashua, New Hampshire at this competition. And uh, on dance, there's some like dance channel 
that we were supposed to online. Dance bug, probably. Dance bug. Oh. Dance bug. <laughs> Dance bug TV. Little minor glitch. There's two shows, a Chelmsford show and a Nashua show. They they live link just your first prompt is this is the Chelmsford show, but they don't tell you that. You're just told your daughter is in dance number 141. So I'm watching 138, 139, 140, <laughs> 141. No, that's not. No, 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 no. Wait, where? What? I'm confused. Okay. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Hey, Leslie, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm watching. These are not like these are what's going on like oh yeah no the, we're in dance number 157 right now what well i'm on 141 oh it must be a delay okay cool i'll hang out so i'm like <laughs> double whammy i'm getting screwed apparently other dads were calling their wives in this of dance mom group well because we if we don't see it we're gonna catch hell our daughters are gonna be like daddy did you see him and we're like no no i didn't i missed it yeah so i missed the first one because i was watching chelmsford's uh <laughs> So you were watching other people's yes, kids. Yes, I was Being watching other people's kids for like kids. 30 minutes. <laughs> they were like way better than my daughter, so it was more entertaining. Mm-hmm. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but the next day, we did not make that mistake. And then she called me right after. Aww. I don't know. It's, it's a weird age. Your, your, your daughters are like, what, 12 and 11? Mm-hmm. So um, Rosie just started giving me the sass, you know? And like, like Oh, you're lucky she just started because <laughs> mine's uh, been sassy for a while now. <laughs> about I, about two months ago, it just started. Like, mm-hmm. like one minute, you're the most important thing to her. The next minute, she doesn't want to have anything to do with you, and you're kind of annoying her right now. So when she does the call, and, like, it's very important for me that you see this, I have to see it. You yeah, know, like, absolutely. I got to... I got to take those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yes. Soften the blow when she's acting like a little shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, Kaylin, let's back up and talk about your career. Okay. Because we're not going to be like, okay, Kaylin, then what did you do? And then what did you do? But I want to set up the table for the Scuttlebuds, our listeners at home or in their cars or wherever they are, that you are an authority. Like, you you are well certified to talk about all things dance. And, and uh, you went, the two things that I, th- I find most impressive is, one, you went to Oklahoma City University, which is a top 10 dance institution. Yep. And this one, you were a Vegas showgirl. I was. That is awesome. Let's fully, talk about that. Fully covered. So let's just throw <laughs> yes. that out there, you know. Right, because when you covered, say Vegas showgirl, I'm sure like the stereotypes. Yes. Start yeah. going through people's minds. I and still whatnot. get. I still get the. Oh, you were a stripper. No. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> all joking. You know, right. of course, sure. all joking. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, yeah, Vegas. So I moved to New York City right after I graduated, and mm-hmm. that was my first professional show. So I'm like, I'll take it. What was you it? Know? What was it? It was Bal. Or it was Jubilee. It okay. was at Bally's Hotel. So okay. I went in during their 25th year, our 25th year anniversary, and mm-hmm. you know, it opened up the door of other opportunities and yeah. it was great you know so what percentage of of dancers that you graduated with went on to actually become professionals so really? it probably i mean we it weaned out probably mm-hmm. 20 to 30 would change majors usually by the end of sophomore year yeah be like yeah this just too competitive isn't, yeah this just isn't the like life i want you so, know it was so too competitive so yep. you go from like dance major to what accounting i mean what's what <laughs> no, do you, what do you move over change, to they would change to maybe dance management okay. or like the business side of it yeah, just not the performance yeah so not the performance side but i mean still to this day i'm 
I mean, and then they transfer over to film, but I still, Mm -hmm. I travel all over with the competition company I work for. And I run into people from my school all the time. I was just one of our judges last weekend. She lives in Kentucky and we grad, she was a year ahead of me. So Uh it's cool. Yeah. It's a small dance world. Yeah, sure. But highly competitive though. I mean, for you to get that spot in in Jubilee, I mean, how many people did you have to beat out? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how many auditioned, but again, it's, they want tall girls, you mm-hmm. know, so you kind of figure out where, you know, where to go. If, I, if I'm going to try out, I, I could, I probably would have never been able to do a cruise ship because of my height, mm-hmm. you know, so you kind of know like where to stay away from or, you know. Okay, um, wait, how tall are you? 5'10". Why can't a tall woman dance on a cruise ship? Well, they have low ceilings, most cruise ships. Okay. So I've there's never a been lot on one, there's so. a lot of partner work, so mm-hmm. they there's like a specific height that I think the tallest they take is 5'8". So you kind of know like mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have been big in LA, like on the West Coast, you know, I was that tall, I was that, you know, kind of variety show look, you know, yeah. New yeah. York City and so yeah, everyone just kind of you you kind of know like what area to go to what area to end up it's been a journey and it's it's been fun and I think I was telling you Rick this the other day like everything's so competitive and I see it on the sports side Mm -hmm. you know I see what we're paying for our oldest for like you know travel sports and all of this stuff and the odds of him hopefully he'll get at the very least a decent scholarship or something for college Mm -hmm. but the odds of him still making money off of that sport or whether it be hockey or basketball Mm -hmm. or outside of college it just won't happen you know um so it's, that's, inter- it's interesting you have that managed expectation like mm-hmm. you're not saying hey kid you're not gonna make it you're saying the odds are extremely stacked against you and i just feel like you see all these camps and all these programs and all private like, coaches these, and yes, clinics and yeah it's like like in this town i mean my son just likes to just go out and play sports with his friends like he that's how he looks at it and he's a nine-year-old boy it's like i get to go play soccer with my friends Uh, and i just wondered like where do these parents think their kids are gonna go like what i think a lot of it is i'm living vicariously too like Mm -hmm. they didn't necessarily have the success that Mm -hmm. they're like my kid's gonna make it Mm -hmm. you know but you're a dime a dozen you know and that's in everything obviously in Mm -hmm. any industry but um yeah, I mean, I'm all I'm all for the arts, like anything with arts. It doesn't just build you for, you know, technique or talent. It gives you that, you know, self-confidence and just so many other things that are just so important to everyday life, yeah. you know? 100%. Yeah, yeah, I was a music major in college, and now I work in marketing for a financial services company. But, like, <laughs> I always tell everybody I would never turn back the clock and change my major or change that experience that I yeah. had. So I just think it's enormously important, and then I don't think it's – I think our high school has really great music and arts programs, but I don't feel like it's as respected as the sports in this town. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I brought my daughter to see Chicago, and I was like, oh, you it, was know, awesome. it was so good. It was good. so good. It was so good. And yes, they need to get that recognition like the sports kids do. Or, yes. You know, I mean, we can talk about this forever, right. but even just like look at the the honor roll how it seems to be like so hidden you know and it's yes. like celebrate, celebrate these kids triumphs yes. no matter what it is i know you know i know yeah. Yeah. i tried I to agree. get my son my freshman in high school to go see chicago after i saw it i was like will you be so impressed with these girls because so he knows the girls in the show he goes to school with them yeah and he's like i don't want to do that it's like theater kids are weird i'm like we're not weird <laughs> <laughs> if I... anyway i want to go back to 
life as a Vegas showgirl and were there like certain pressure because you said you have you have like height requirements right so were there I would imagine other like body image pressures and you know like requirements around appearance and things like that that you had to adhere to yes yeah I mean we did and even starting back in college we had to make a weight you know Mm -hmm. because unfortunately like with this it's first impression is everything right Mm -hmm. um unfortunately with girls and boys that I saw there's a very unhealthy way that you can kind of shift you know when you're constantly having to worry about how you look and how are people seeing me and because that's your job you know you're up on stage so but surprisingly enough, once I got into the professional world, it, it really was, it wasn't about the number on the scale like it was in college, you know, like we had to make a graduation weight. I had a friend who You, you didn't could wow. fail for being fat or, or overweight. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so we, we have to ask, I'm going to drill down. At 5'10", at 22 years old, senior year, yep. what was your number? 142 was my number. And they, they took that, you know, looking at my height, looking at what I had been throughout, you know, my four years there. But I would also get, there was also that dominant, you know, they would say, Oh, you, you know, I'd get pulled aside before one of our shows and be like, you have to lose two pounds. And in my head, I'm like, like, I'll just go to the bathroom. Yes. You know, like, let me just like, Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll lose it. You know, it's just it I'll was just, crazy. It was spanks. all right. it was just like the mind games. But then mm-hmm. I saw the other side. I mean, they wanted they would penalize you for not being healthy. I mean, I I, I would know girls who would go to weigh ins with um, rolled coins in their underwear mm-hmm. to like make their weight to be like, I can't let them know. Right. And there was someone who was asked to leave the program because she was unhealthy. But that's the crazy thing is she got to that point. Mm-hmm. Because of the pressures, because not everyone mm-hmm. can handle being told like what weight you need to be and how you need to look, but it is the reality, you know. So it is just you know just trying to find the healthy way to do it, mm-hmm. and you know everybody's body type is different, yeah. so we need to educate how how nutrition wise you can get to that point mm-hmm. to be you know to have that physique that is going to get you those jobs. Has it changed since you were in college? I think so. I hope so. I yeah. mean, I haven't danced professionally since it's been almost 15 years, mm-hmm. but what I see out there, you know, what I, you know, on Broadway or wherever, yeah. I mean, I've worked with, I've seen such like talent who don't have that typical physique mm-hmm. and they're just amazing. You know, they're amazing movers and storytellers and choreographers. Yeah. So I hope so. And I also <laughs> hope that there's more mental health resources because for the girl who would was asked to leave the program because she's now unhealthy. Like that's not just a physical thing. That's oh, totally. a mental thing. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, her leaving the program is in her best interest, probably mentally and physically, but she needs some help. Yeah, absolutely. And has that like changed or has that formed the way you talk to your daughter or your kids about health and body image and things like that? Absolutely. And I've been teaching for 13 years, Mm. all different ages, and that's, it's never been a conversation about, you know, you always want somebody to look, you know, you're going to have different body types. You're going to choose a costume that looks good on all body types. Even if you have that one that's like, I want the two piece, you know, (laughs) Um, because we're in charge of that, you know, like we're responsible for that mindset and how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. But today is so hard, like with social media. And I mean, I show my old modeling photos and I'm like, 
it sh- I, it looks like I'm missing ribs. You know, yeah. this isn't mm-hmm. real life, and it yeah. will n- everything that you see in print or on Instagram. It's not real right. on TikTok. Like it's All just filtered. not real. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but today makes it so much harder because I'm they sure. have this unrealistic expectation of what they see every day, and you know, it's, it's impossible good. to live yeah. up to. Yeah, and it's you know, parents, educators, whatever. It's our job to make sure that we're raising confident kids. But, yeah, it's, like, it's so much harder than when we were growing up, I feel like, parenting today. Let's talk about the shadier side. I saw the movie (laughs) Showgirls, and it's, uh, there's a seedy underworld there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Vegas. Right, everything is seedy in Vegas, right? It took me a long time to go back. It was hard living there. Yeah, you had to. Let's hear about, because you seem like a wholesome person. You come from, you know, I mean, have you heard me? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you, like, I don't know if I saw the whole movie. I've never Uh, seen it. It's it's not a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh. Like, I, I think I might have seen, like, 20, 30-minute stretches here and there of it. It just looks like the dark world of the industry. I mean, casting couches, drugs, whatever, right? Um, yeah, other it definitely pressures. wasn't that. You know, no? at least the show I was in. Mm-hmm. But, um, but gosh, I mean, that's, yes, that is, I've heard some stories. Luckily, did not have to experience that or witness it myself. So but. you were immune to it. Like, you went in, like, I'm a professional. I'm here to dance. And you left... Well, you were there for like a year. I was only right? there a year. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. I mean, I was asked to stay on, which mm-hmm. was great. But I think. I mean, I was engaged, so there was that. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. had a wedding, you know, looming in the background there. But it's just a tough world to be in, and I think Vegas is like a whole other animal. Yeah. Um. But I think anywhere, even living in New York, it's not what. It's not what I remembered growing up. Like, I loved going in and out and taking classes and walking around. I thought it was such a magical city. But then living there, you see the, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah, you're like, I, this isn't actually as great as I anticipated. And But it's keeping that mindset. It's keeping that, like, this isn't real life. Like, mm. everywhere I turn, I see this billboard and... You know, like we would have to, as a cast, we'd always have an off day and we'd make sure to like go hiking and go out to the lake and just try and get away from that life, you know? Yeah. But I also saw, you know, people spiral in the other direction and, you know, it's just like with everything, you know? Sure. Let's talk about these um, parties where um, your husband told me about where these pool (laughs) parties where... (laughs) Uh, the topless dancers can't have tan lines, so mm-hmm. they have to go to the parties and hang out topless. Yep. It was in their contract. They could not have tan lines. And this was a very, like, <laughs> old Vegas, like, classic Vegas show. Mm-hmm. Again, I was fully covered. I was yeah. very proud of, like, the, the tracks that I did. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's in your contract that you cannot have tan lines. So there was, like, certain pools at, like, Mandalay Bay that they would have free um, memberships to because they go they'd have to make sure to go that they can take their top off and yep. um, oh my god yeah wait, wait, hold on i'm writing this down <laughs> Bay. okay i mean you don't have to look too hard if right. you're somewhere like that you know sure. um but yes there was a party i was bringing you know steve to at the time we were engaged it's like how lucky is he right you know, to like go you're coming to these parties, you're seeing like these topless women around you, you know? Yeah. And um, the excitement 
ended pretty quickly when he turned around and there were a bunch of guys in their G-strings also, you know, <laughs> right. because they couldn't have tan lines right. when there were certain, there was like a Samson and Delilah, like whole scene there, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, in uh, as a part of the show. So the guys would be in, you know, G-strings and, oh my God. you know, so it was that, it was that healthy balance. Of, do you become, <laughs> do you become like desensitized to stuff like that at a certain point? Totally. Oh, totally. Another set of boobs. (laughs) Exactly. And I think I went into it being like, oh, I honestly didn't realize. So I knew the contract I signed. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was going to be fully covered, made sure all of that. Mm -hmm. I guess I I didn't realize the amount of topless showgirls that were in the show. Mm -hmm. So I remember getting there and being like, oh, my gosh, like, I know this is a great show. Like, I know so many people add this. And granted, they're in like. Swarovski crystal right. everywhere yeah. else and it's so yeah. elaborate and you actually could not have you you couldn't have fake boobs you couldn't you had oh. to be all natural so that was another thing they were all about keeping the class to it you mm-hmm. know um which again I mean there's nipples there right. so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's only but yes I was definitely definitely desensitized yeah. which you know well, your husband was too, because he told me he used to fall asleep at the shows. What? Yes, <laughs> totally. He's so lame. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, he would get the first time he came out. You, if you had friends or family come, you could sit in the light booth, and mm-hmm. that that was the best seat in the house. So we had to like sign up ahead of time. And in the beginning, we had a showgirl coming out of the ceiling that mm-hmm. would like drop down. You know, get a, that's how she entered the stage. He was sleeping. <laughs> and so you'd have someone right in front of you. We, we run back to the dressing room. We're getting changed, like, for our next, you know, next scene or whatever. And they're like, did you see that guy sleeping? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like it's my fiance. Clearly the life of the party, right. you know. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, that's funny. So, yeah. Interesting. I like tan lines, by the way, just for the record. I mean, as a guy. Good I, to know. Yeah, just... You should let a couple dancers have, you know, it's a little something for everybody. That's just my take. It it was kind of crazy because, I mean, we have spray tan. We have bronzer, you know, so it was like a little silly that it was such a, you Mm -hmm. know. Well, they want real boobs. They want real Real tans. tans. Yeah, they want they want it, you know. But those were only parts. I mean, there were parts where everyone was in like the ballroom, you know, gowns and all of that. They were having it was just that like little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I love talking about breasts, but <laughs> I also like talking about crazy moms. Yes. So let's talk about Dance Moms, because there's a TV show, Dance Moms. My daughters watched them all. I I kind of check in and hang out a little bit, watch increments. I can only take about 10 minutes. But I'm like, are, do, do these moms not, they act, they're acting like, oh, the spotlight's on me. I'm kind of like a Kardashian now. I'm so important. <laughs> Everyone lo- look at the camera crew. Like you can just kind of get that vibe that they are like rising to the occasion of the lights are on, the camera's rolling. I got to perform. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, someone needs like their husband needs to pull them aside and say, look, you, they're making a spectacle of you. They, you're, you're, no one's watching the show with you, they're watching it at you. You know what I mean? Like, right. like you are entertainment for a different reason than you think. <laughs> You're not. We're not watching for your talent. We're yeah. watching for your train wreck. You're not in on the joke. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's hear some crazy stories. Like you're, you, you judge, and uh, also you, you, you teach. So, are there some moms out there that in the past that have? been a little aggressive with their kids like and, and like this isn't any sport you know you got yeah. the crazy soccer mom you got the crazy ho- yeah. hockey i was a hockey player hockey 
parents can get like almost violent. I would think the know? worst part of teaching or coaching is dealing with the parents. One hundred percent. But I have to say, I'm very passionate on the sidelines too. You know, like mm-hmm. anything having to do with our kids, you're just like on. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at all aspects. Dance moms, obviously, a lot of it is the entertainment aspect of it. Yep. That's what they're there to do. They're you know there for the reality show, but. Yeah, I've definitely witnessed some crazy or, you know, even on a show having a mom come up and she tried to blame this was recently this season and she tried to blame our sound guy for starting the music too early because her daughter messed up. And I went back and like looked at the video with her. I'm like, they were in their pose for five seconds before he started, you know, so it's just some of these like irrational being like, well, they need to go on again. I'm like, no, they don't, you know, (laughs) like just very, you know, again, but it's it's passionate. You know, if you're at the competition level, especially once you get to a certain age, most likely that's something you want to continue or go on and do. And it's preparing you for auditions. You know, like I would I've gotten to auditions where I'd make it to the final like taping, you know, that was like the last step and I would totally freeze Mm -hmm. and I didn't get the job, you know. So it is just kind of like having you practice that like hey sometimes things happen but how are we going to fix it how are we going to like pick it back up and continue and have you had moms come to you and say I think my daughter should be in the front row oh yeah (laughs) yes and luckily this is why I will never and have never owned a dance studio so god bless all of those studio owners you know that have to deal with that like they have to deal with that a lot more than me as Mm -hmm. a teacher um but absolutely. Or the ones that come and their daughter's like two years old and they're like, she's so talented. Right. You know? And I'm like, yes, she is. She's a prodigy, yeah. I can yeah. tell. Yeah. So you just have mm-hmm. that like just yeah, element my, of so crazy. My sister owns a dance studio. She actually bought the studio that she took dance at growing up. And so I texted her. I'm like, throw me some stories. And I'll see if Kaylin can relate. So she had several years ago a girl, I think she's maybe like third grade or something like that. So young. Um, in one of her dance classes and a week before the recital. And when you sign up to take dance classes, part of that commitment is your child is expected to perform perform in the recital. Mm -hmm. Those expectations are set up front. So a week before the recital, a mom came to my sister and she said, so Susie has a, was invited to a birthday party the same day as the recital. And I gave her a choice of which she wanted to do. And she chose the birthday party. So she's not going to be in the recital. And my sister was like, you knew months ago when the recital was. Now I have to re-choreograph an entire dance yeah. because there's one person missing and the spacing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so my sister was pushing back and the mother was like, well, she wanted to quit months ago anyway. She doesn't even like it. <laughs> my sister's like, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that culture where yeah. that mommy and daddy yes. are there to like pick up the pieces and be like, oh, you don't like something? Right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, how it should be is no, you're going to follow through. Yeah, you, you know, made you're a gonna, you made this commitment. You don't have to do it next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, it's, exactly. Mm-hmm. Finish it now. You yeah. don't need. A, we don't have to make a career yeah, totally exactly. out of this. But but, but that's in everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so wild to me to see like, I, I don't know. They're just. It's just such a selfish, completely you know, like world we live in. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. and it's. This entitled. is why, it's entitled. Yes, yeah. This is why Rick doesn't like this generation right. of young kids, you know. <laughs> All right, so how do we how do we wrap this up? Is there any any final thing do you want to promote anything or Oh yeah, or do you have any Yeah, I mean, I, well I teach at A Fine Dance Studio in Needham. I've been there 13 years and but again, like there's I've worked with and know so many like community studio owners, you know, Point Premier, Medfield Dance Academy, 
they're just, they run such a great community um, studio. And I just say, even if your kids go to you and say they want to do dance and in the back of your mind, you're like, no, but I want you to be a doctor, you know, <laughs> let them follow their passion, you know, whatever it is um, in the arts or anything. Cause it's, it, it builds them to be so much more. All right, Liz, why don't you get us out of here? Scuttlebuds, thank you guys for listening. Um, and if you want to receive our brand new newsletter that I didn't know anything about, <laughs> go to smalltownscuttlebutt.com and click on the link to subscribe. And send us an email if you have any thoughts, grievances, feedback, whatever. We always love to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Small Town Scuttlebutt. And rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks as always. How about a round of applause for all of our sponsors? APC Pest and Termite Control, Larkin's Wine and Spirits, Mario's Lawn Care, Park Street Books, Perez Martial Arts, Royal Pizza, and Winslow Design. 